Hello and welcome to the Lost in the Gray podcast. Um, so I think I've only got about two or three more that I'm going to do in this uh, first season. Then I think I'm going to take some time to do a season two, you know, if, if I choose to do so. But um, yeah, I was feeling today. I was feeling right now. I'm uh, in the process of starting a new collaboration, uh, actually on my solo, uh, as just as me not even associated with Rotten Apple on this one. Uh, this is my first collab as a solo artist, and I'm very excited. It's with uh, another solo artist who's from a, another band project, uh, Zade. Uh, this is Zade on Instagram. You should follow him. He makes some pretty damn good metal music. Um, yeah, we're, we're doing a collab, and uh, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, he, he talked to me about you know, wanting me to kind of come on there and rap and kind of what his song was about. And, and I just really clicked with it. I, I, I was 100% behind the message he was trying to send. Um, and basically what the song is about is about the mass graves that they're finding in like Canada and, you know, North America in general, but mostly Canada right now lately, which is where Zade is from, which is why I assume he's heard about it more than I did, because when he told me, it was the first I've heard about it. But um, yeah, they're finding these mass uh, graves filled with children, um, indigenous children, like that are next to churches and like missions and all that shit, you know? And they're blaming the church for it. Like, the, I'm not sure if it's the Catholic or the Christian, but you know, it's the same difference, right? Um, the, a, a, Christ, a church of Christianity and they're finding these mass graves. I think they found like hundreds, if not thousands of, of children in these graves, just all un, undocumented, completely erased from history, uh, indigenous children, you know, and it's fucked up. And when he told me, I was like, man, like my instinct is no fucking way. But then you remember like, oh yeah, that kind of shit happens all the time in human history. So yeah, it makes sense. And it just kind of breaks your heart, you know? That there's that kind of uh, like, uh, well, what's it called? It's called um, when you're so used to something happening, you're uh, desensitized. You know, that feeling of desensitization towards these things. And I think uh, and a, a, a good way to reverse those desensitizations that people feel. And I don't think it's like a person's fault because I mean, you know, fucked up shit happens all the time. Uh, I, I watched a video with this little eight year old girl and she they were talking, asking her, interviewing her about uh, how she felt during a mass shooting. Uh, it wasn't a mass shooting. It was a, I think it was a shoot, just a shooting attempt at like a baseball game, I guess. And she was like, it was scary, but it was my second time being in a situation like that. So I kind of knew what to do. An eight-year-old girl had already been through two like live shootings and she knew what to do because they teach children what to do because it happens so often. Like, you know, shit like that, it, it desensitizes us as a society. It happens so often that we just accept it as a way of life. It's a pattern. You know, like I always say, our brains love patterns. So if it has a pattern, you're more likely to accept it. And it's just, that's just human nature, you know? And it, it takes it takes emotion to overrule that. And I think the perfect way to, to utilize that emotion is through like poetry and through music and, you know, through art. Because art and music and, and and writing, it makes us feel something. And that's why we love it, because it makes us feel what we maybe don't want to feel, maybe what we need to feel, because that's what it does. It, it, it kind of breaks that mental stigma of the pattern. And we start to say, you know what? Damn, like I'm really empathizing with these, these people these humans just like me that went through this kind of stuff. I, I couldn't imagine how that would feel. I mean, I can empathize, but I mean, 
that's just fucking awful, you know? And, and through that use of emotion, I think you can really speak volumes towards that kind of stuff and, you know, hope for a solution. In this case, I mean, if the church needs to be held responsible for things that they've covered up, and maybe this isn't the only thing they're covering up, wink, wink, right? Um, then they need to be held responsible. And if maybe me and Zayd can spark some emotion in a lot of people, maybe we can get you know people talking about it and 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 get justice and get um, a solution, basically. And and I think that's what it's all about. So I'm totally behind it and. Man, it's so cool. Like, just, I, I really think we're gonna click. We had a Zoom meeting last night and we were talking about the song and we were kind of speaking the same language, it felt like, to me anyways. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we were speaking the same language. We, we knew exactly what it felt like, what he had the, the, the skeleton of, and we knew exactly where to, where to you know, tweak and talk about. And I, I, I think we're gonna make a great song. So the, by, the, by the time I'm making this episode, the song is completely in a thought process. So we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, it's already a hit song, I don't know. <laughs> oh, optimism. But yeah, um, I definitely have some ideas for, for, uh, for the song. I'm sorry, I'm trying to pull up the lyrics that I have written for it. And so, so I kind of had trouble um, when I started writing the rap lyrics. Uh, in my head, I heard the song a little bit faster than it really was. So when I wrote the song, I kind of made the words fit to um, that faster tempo. And so if you kind of don't know what I'm saying, Sorry. So um, to, to, to explain what I'm saying, like if you don't really know music that well, um, basically when you're writing rap, uh, in my experience anyways, when I'm writing rap lyrics, I, I, there's a certain uh, skill to make the words fit in the bars of the song in a way that's still rhythmically uh, interesting, right? Because, you know, I can rap, anybody can rap, but if you don't rap with like a good rhythm and with, uh, you know, obviously emotion and shit, you know, but that's a whole different thing, but you gotta have a good rhythm, you know what I mean? You can't just be like, heads up, you can record up for 30 minutes in your browser. If you like to record longer, you can use any app on your computer and upload the, fu that's fucking boring, right? You could rap like that forever, you know, and it could be, lyrically amazing but you got no rhythm you know so you gotta you gotta feel the beat before you start ra writing the rap lyrics because you gotta so you kind of gotta have that already in your head before you even think about writing lyrics because you gotta know how the song sounds and you gotta know how your rhythms are gonna fit to the song. And so there are actually two ways that I tackle this when, whenever I do write rap lyrics. Um, either A, I, I do what I'm talking about and so I come up with the rhythm, you know, in my head. So feel the song, listen to the song, know the beat before you write the, the lyrics, right? You gotta know your rhythms and then you write words to fit to that rhythm. Or B, you know, you you were just kind of feeling it one night, you know, maybe, maybe it was just a poof and you're like, oh, that's a great line. And then you wrote down that line and then before you knew it, you wrote a whole rap verse. And that happens, you know, I've been there. And so sometimes you have to use the words that you already have and apply them to and, and and wrap the music around what you already have. Uh, for example, uh, I did that when we wrote Foil, my Rotten Apple song. 
um, Tim actually wrote the lyrics, the the rap verses and the chorus and everything. He wrote that song uh, lyrically, and so when it came for the beat, and you know, I came up with the. I mean, you know, obviously, I, I came up with the rough draft of it. I, we all improved it, and it became what it became. But so, we had the the song, you know, totally written on its own, and then Tim had written the lyrics totally on his own. So when it came time, we had kind of the basic skeleton of the song, and Tim gave me his words, not knowing how they would fit or or what, you know, just hear the words. So I had to find a way to make those words fit into the music that we had written, you know, independently. And that that's a challenge. It, it is. I think it's more challenging to 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 take pre-written words and apply them to a beat instead of you know wrapping the beat around the words or putting the words on an established beat. You know, like writing after the beat. Essentially, these ones. I was like, okay, so I kind of had to come up with a rhythm, and uh, I mean, if you know the song, you know the song. But so basically, so that's that's the beat, that's the the groove that we came up with. So you gotta you gotta counteract that. So my mind instantly goes, all right, the beat that we have and the music instrumentally is very fast. Even though tempo-wise, it's not fast at all. It's da, 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 da. Tempo-wise, it's not fast, but the rhythm itself makes it seem urgent. It's very fast. It's do 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 constantly moving, right? It's it's moving fast, and it's in it's in a hurry, is what it feels like. So if if you're gonna separate yourself vocally and make sure that you're coming out of the beat and standing you know in the spotlight rather than just being a part of the music you have to create a rhythm that's going to separate you from that beat in a way that still blends it's very tricky so so when to so how to do that is okay so if i've got an urgent beat that's in a hurry I need to really take my time. You know what I mean? You need to be a very, this is what I'm saying. Not not flowery, flower, flowerly, flowerly. And not very, uh, maybe not even very metaphorical. You know, you're, you're straight to the point because we're in a rush, right? We gotta, you need to hear what I'm saying and then we need to move on. That's what the song kind of yells, right? It's like, this needs to happen now. We're not fucking around. We're not gonna give you time to think about it. This is now. So when you look at the lyrics of Foil, here, let's see if I can pull up the lyrics. Oh, I cannot. All right. So, okay, so it goes do 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 do. The room is packed like a can of sardines. Crowded, surrounded by these loaded Marines. Warm, brown, waters to drink while the politicians sit around and don't even think. So that's the first verse of Foil. And uh, I want to I want to ask if you if you heard anything. Now, personally, I would hope that you heard that there was a lot of space, right? There was a lot of emptiness in between words and in between phrases. Uh, for example, the, the first two lines, the room is packed like a can of sardines. Crowded, surrounded by these loaded marines. Obviously, the pause isn't that long, right? Uh, but that's where the pause is. So now that you know where the pause is, listen to it in time. The room is packed like a can of sardines. Crowded, surrounded by these loaded marines. Warm, brown, waters to drink. So you, you hear how it happens twice. After each line, there's a pause because you're listening and then I leave you wondering, okay, well, what's next? You didn't, you only said three words, you know what I mean? And then, so I say another line and then I pause again. So again, you're, you're, you're thinking, well, we're in a hurry, man. The beat wants us to go faster. You need to, you need to tell me. So automatically 
it gets you drawn in. You're 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 waiting to hear what I, I say next with those pauses, because we've created that urgency in the music and in the emotion of the song, and then now I'm forcing you to listen to what I am saying. If that makes sense, you know, very exaggerated, uh, but but that's essentially what I'm going for in a, in a very exaggerated sense. And then especially in the third line, when I go warm, brown, waters to drink. So right there, I really get you in, right? Because I'm pausing in between words and the first word, not even in between phrases. And and that's really what I'm going for there. And so uh, with so with that song, that is the kind of uh, the way that I went about writing it. And you just gotta, you know, you just gotta really drive your decision making on your song purely based on what you feel it should happen, right? Like if you if you're the kind of musician that starts with a riff and then never know what else to do with it, you need to establish that riff and then get every emotion that it makes you feel. Is it a heavy riff? Is it angry? Is it sad? Is it uh, is it solemn? Is it mel like melancholic? Is it depressing? Does it make you sad? Or is it upbeat? Does it make you happy? Does it make you feel good? Does it make you feel high? Does it kind of just soothe this emptiness in you that you can't explain. So those are the things you got to think about, right? Because a lot of time people write the music before the words. And so you got to write the music and, and totally invest in it, you know, because if you're whatever your starting point is, that's everything. Your starting point is going to create the entirety of the song. So you really got to invest yourself in that starting point. You gotta be like, okay, I'm gonna write the music. I'm gonna do fucking perfect it. This is gonna be it. And what does it make me feel? How does it make me feel? Do I like it? Do I need to change something? How can I build up on this? You know, what's a good chorus after this riff? What's a good bridge even? How can I separate from this by staying the same theme? And then once you have that, you can really think, okay, how does this make me feel? and then just write what you feel. Because I'll tell you this, if, 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 if your weakness is songwriting, dude, me too. But look how many songs I've written, right? Songwriting is hard. There's no question about it. They're like, I, I am still, like, you know, I'm a nobody, but I've written a lot of songs and a lot of those songs are good, I think and have became actual songs that you can find on Spotify and you can find on YouTube. But the thing is, I've also written a shit ton of songs that are terrible and will never, ever leave my Google Docs. I can guarantee you there are 20 Google Docs right now of just terrible songs that I've written. But who cares? You have to write 10 bad songs before you write one good one. Because you're gonna write those good ones. You're 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 gonna be writing bad songs, and then you're gonna say, "Hey, I'm feeling good right now. Let me let me look back at that song. You know, let me see if I can add something to it." Or you know, like, man, I I really I really liked that song and that message. I wonder if I can make it better. And you can go back and you can edit your bad songs or shit inspiration strikes and you just write, you know, a, a brand new good song. But uh, the most important thing really is going back to those old songs so that you can say, all right, you know what? I don't want to give up on you. So let's fucking get you good. You know, let's keep working on it. Maybe it takes weeks. Maybe it takes months. You know, maybe it's just a song that you kind of put aside and it doesn't see the light of day for a year. I mean, just an example, Diseased was one of those songs. It started off as, 
man, I don't even know what I called it. I think it was um, Better Than Anyone was the title of it. And so I had the, the song written out, the full lyrics, and we never used it, you know? And I thought it was, like, good. That was the problem then was I was like, man, this is a good song. Why don't you guys want to do this? And, and months went by, and I decided, well, shit, okay, maybe it's not as good as I remember it. Because um, I, I think even the, the chorus, like, in my head, it just couldn't make sense, you know what I mean? I was thinking, like, you know me. No. You know me better than anyone, but I know you better than them. You know me better than anyone, but I know you better than them. So like, I, 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 it's not terrible, but the problem was is like the da 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 da. It, it was just kind of hard to incorporate that into music, and and how to bounce off of that musically, you know. So it just kind of never worked. And, and even you know the rap verses. Uh, to go back to the rap writing uh, in disease. I kind of looked at him, I was like, yeah, okay, I can touch up some of these lines. And then, you know, eventually, better than anyone, started becoming, okay, diseased. And we were thinking, you know, COVID, there's a disease going around. And then, you know, as a band, that was kind of what we're going for. But on a personal level, I was kind of still wanting to keep the original intent of the song, which was always... Um, you know, my my uh, toxic relationship, my, my ex-girlfriend, uh, you know, really, really bad times for me. And, and that toxicity and that, uh, you know, being kind of trapped in a relationship that, that, that hurts you, you know? I've been there, I've been trapped, I felt trapped. I was with someone for two years that it was, it was like having a disease, right? So that's what I thought, I'm like, it's like a disease, like, you just, you, you, you know you need to run, but you just can't. There's something inside of you that has somehow infected you that will not allow you to do the rational thing, which is take care of yourself. And, 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 and you fucking, you just um, submit to this, this toxic person. You know what happens to a lot of people? I, I've been there, man. I, I understand. You just don't think. And, you know, so I, I wanted to keep that. So when I, when I took both of those ideas and I kind of made it vague in a way that I could tell both stories, depending on how you looked at it. So uh, if you look at the lyrics of Diseased, it, it kind of seems one-sided once I tell you, you know what I mean? I think on face value, if you read the lyrics, uh, you like the Dr. Rimway over your head created me. The monster had it under your bed and said, laughed a lot to my face. Yet the biggest lie was when you took this whole fucking place. You ripped, you kept me prisoner to my own dark mind. Taking every smile that was supposed to be mine, you'll find. I won't roll over and die. No show the fear of your creation of fire. So it, it, on face value, I think it fits into that disease. You know, it's like, yeah, COVID. COVID's fucking taking everyone's happiness. It's it's trapping people, trapping uh, people with mental illness like in their own heads. You know, it was it was a bad time. Like we all suffered from it. We all something went wrong for anybody during COVID. And I think it keeps that. And even like hands of for shaking mind, shake with no one there. The thought of using enough, I shouldn't even care about you. But my mind keeps racing, walked a mile in my head. The fear is making me angry, so back away, cause I'm a pipe bomb ready to blow. Every time I say goodbye, it's another hello. I wanna break shit, push shit, punch it, kick, I wanna lose it, bruise it. I didn't choose this. So, you know, obviously that's like the breakout. It's like, oh, I'm mad now. You know, and that's just a, a creative choice on my part. You know, to start kind of like, well, fuck, you've done all this shit to me. And then ending it with, well, fuck, I'm mad now. Now I'm gonna, you know, do something about it. That's kind of overall the message of the song. You know, you can't kill me in the chorus, obviously. I'm trying to say we can beat this disease. It's supposed to be a very uplifting song, even though it has very dark themes. But I think, I think on face value, it, 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 it lines up with the disease and the COVID thing, which is good, which is what I wanted. But 
I think once I tell you about my history with the song and about how it's about abuse and domestic abuse and and um, you know personal stories of mine and personal stories of people who are really close to me that you know of people that have hurt them and these kinds of relationships you know very bad things uh, I think I think it really comes out you know when you hear that I mean you like the doctor and way over your head created me the monster hiding under your bed you said lie after lie to my face yet the biggest lie was when you tricked this whole fucking place you left me prisoner to my own dark mind taking every smile that was supposed to be mine you're fine i won't roll over and die and i show the fear of your creation of fire hands are meant for shaking mine shake with no one there the thought of you's enough i shouldn't even care about you but my mind keeps racing walked a mile in my head but fear's making me angry so back away cause i'm a pipe bomb ready to blow cause every time i say goodbye it's another hello i wanna break shit push it punch it kick i wanna lose it bruise it i didn't choose this so see i mean you could totally change the theme of a song like if I tell you the backstory and I sing it like that, and I, I mean, I can imagine even playing acoustic guitar behind that and having like an unplugged, I don't know, uh, Nirvana unplugged kind of feeling, you know, like that depressing acoustic, emo acoustic, if you will. And I, I think uh, the way that we wrote it, it's really cool because it, the, you know, we could have gone the acoustic route and really dug into the backstory of my personal backstory of it but we also could have simply just done the COVID thing too it could have been like a like a very straight up thing but I, I I'm kind of glad we did it in between you know diseased is very um very emotional vocally I think is where it makes up for it whereas the instrumental is very angry and tired fed up if you will you know the guitar screams like i'm so fucking done it's just like that just anger bubbling inside of you i think the instrumental is of disease and and i think we did a good job using that anger and using that straightforwardness while also vocally and lyrically playing around with the 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 very I don't know the word to use, but the the, 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 the dark roots of the anger, you know, the, 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 the tip of the iceberg is the anger bubbling, right? But this has been something that's deep inside of somebody that's been bubbling for a while, that was born into darkness. I was born into darkness. You know, fucking shit like that. <laughs> um, so I think we did a really good job playing with both of them. And I mean, you know, I will say this, as as complicated as I may be making this sound, you have to remember that all of this is like subconscious, right? Like I'm not consciously thinking these things. This is more so me going back and analyzing what I have done and what I was thinking. You know, the, the, during the process, you're not thinking, oh yeah, man, this line totally embodies what I feel as a, as a teenage boy and living in a small town and with this anger and this resentment towards everything around me. No, right? That's just not, it's just not realistic. You're not thinking that while you're writing a song because you're, you're thinking about the song right now, you know? And that's how it should be. I don't think you should ever feel rushed to be like, man, is what I'm writing right now good? because it doesn't need to be good. It just needs to be what you're thinking, what you're feeling at that moment. Because you gotta capture the moment and then go back and revise it. Because unless you can get it down on paper, you're gonna forget it until inspiration strikes in, right? So as anytime you get an idea, I don't even care if it's literally just a line and then you sit there for five minutes and you go, well, that's all I got. Keep that line, right? Go back to that line. Capture the moment and then go back and try to analyze that moment and what you were feeling and how you were thinking. And that's how that's that's how you write a song. You gotta keep coming back to it, you know? You gotta say, okay, yeah, 
yeah, I remember. I remember what that felt like because this line invoked that memory in me. And I, and, and I think there are a lot of really fucking good songwriters out there right now. Like, just in general, too. Like, there are so many different types of, of songwriting and, and styles and uh, just, like, emotions, you know? There, there are different bands for different feelings. You know, I'm sure you also... At, at one point, I had a, a playlist for, like, every emotion a song made. So I had happy, sad, uh, you know, fun, fucking, I had one for every emotion, angry, and I would just add songs to those playlists that fit those emotions. Cause like, you know, you, you can't, I don't know, there, there are certain songs that you could turn on at any time and be like, yeah, okay, I'm feeling this. But for me, for the most part anyways, like there's some songs I just can't listen to unless I'm feeling it. Like... I don't know, right now, I don't think I could listen to Slipknot. Like, I love Slipknot, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I'm just not feeling it right now. You know, I'm not, like, angry or resentful. I'm not even sad, because a lot of their songs are really just sad. So I'm not really, like, wanting to. I think if I were to put anything on right now, it would probably be Weezer. Because Weezer is a very chill and just fun rock, you know? Even though they are the kings and they still write amazing good fucking music. It's just fun, it's chill, right? That's what they make you feel. I love Weezer. So if I would probably put on Weezer or like uh, some of Bad Flowers, fun, more fun songs, or even like Red Hot Chili Peppers. Man, Red Hot, Red Hot Chili Peppers just know how to vibe, man. That, that's California. <laughs> that's what they sound like. They sound like what California should feel like. <laughs> But yeah, you know, like I, I don't. There are a lot of different bands that I wouldn't put on right now because I'm just not in the mood, and that all comes from these amazing artists and these amazing musicians who have learned how to capture their feelings. You know, they've learned that they just need to use everything that they've got, right? And these professionals, like fucking Tom Morello and and fucking Santana and and Billy Joe Armstrong and Rivers Cuomo and Flea and Zach De La Rocha you know what I mean like they're all professional Dave Grohl shit Dave Grohl Kurt Cobain these guys just knew how to use it because they put everything that they had into music making and songwriting and musicianship that's why they've made it to the top because they've totally invested themselves right and that's kind of what you got to do i mean you know on a realistic level not everybody can go fucking full-time and write a song every single hour of every single day you know we got jobs we got to go to work got to go to school got things to do we have priorities and responsibilities and a lot of these musicians you know they took a fucking chance and they just left all those responsibilities behind and they they didn't worry about anything except for music and it paid off right that that's how you make it to professional professional musicianship that's the secret i mean on top of talent you gotta know what you're doing but <laughs> like that's how you get there that's what separates bands who never leave the underground and never take off uh versus bands who make it because bands who make it get in the van and they go do it, right? And like I said, you know, we can't all do that. And sometimes if it's not the right time, that chance is going to fall through and it might completely crush you. It might completely, you know, destroy your life. Maybe you lost your house, your job, you know? But, um, but I, I think we can take some of that energy that those professionals use and use it on a very like small scale. You know, you gotta fully invest yourself into, okay, I am writing lyrics. Fully invest. I am writing lyrics, that's it. Or I am doing a podcast right now. 
I'm not thinking about anything else but doing a podcast and telling you exactly how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking about, right? And and that's really, really the secret behind songwriting, I think. That's, that's what I've learned how to do. And I've learned just capture the moment, just capture that feeling, capture that thought, and then go back to it and perfect it. Because it, it's, it's, it's almost like, if I had to describe it, it's say you're fishing, you're fishing in a lake and you're trying to catch fish all day. But every time you hook a fish, you get super excited and you pull out your fucking kitchen stove, right? Or a camping stove. And you've already got the fucking pan on and the stove on and you're trying to cook this fish before you've even, you know, let it die, gutted it, you know, and and prepared it to be eaten. You're trying to go straight from fishing pole to frying pan and the fish keep flopping out and you keep wondering why you don't have a five-star meal. You have to you have to do the steps in which they are required. You have to fish for the fish. You have to wait for inspiration to come. And then once inspiration bites your bait, then you hook it. And you gotta hook it and fucking reel it in as fast as you can, right? Because you're not sure how long that thought is gonna last, how long that idea is gonna last, how long that feeling is gonna last. So you gotta reel that fish in, and then you gotta freaking catch it. And you need to, you know, put it on that little hook string thing that some people do, or you just throw it in a bucket. You know, people do that too. Um, but you know, catch it and make sure you have it so that you can take it home or take it to your campsite, whatever, and, you know, really prepare it, fully prepare it, invest yourself into preparing it to be a five-star meal, you know, because it totally could be, maybe it was a fucking, like, super nice catfish that now you're going to have catfish and freaking french fries for dinner, and it's going to be amazing because you caught that catfish, right? That, that catfish is going to taste better than any catfish you could have a red lobster. Why? Because you caught it. You made it. It's going to taste so much better, right? And so that's what songwriting is. You need to catch the fish, catch that idea, make sure you have it so that you can go back to it and then fully invest in preparing it to be something more, something better, a full song, a full... Maybe it's just a full verse and then you got to turn that full verse into a full song, you know, take your time, take the steps It really invest in it and just don't worry about sucking because newsflash, you're going to suck. You are, you can't avoid it. We all suck. We all write shitty songs, right? That's why they don't all make it. But while you're writing those shitty songs, you're going to be preparing yourself to come up with that idea that writes that great song, that writes that hit song, right? Diseased is our is Rotten Apple's most popular song with the most streams. It's got, I'm going to check the data just so we have a real-time number. So Diseased has 5,137 streams on Spotify. And while that might not seem like a lot for us, that is gold, right? We, that is the most we probably will ever get on a song. Maybe, I mean, I hope not, like we're working to grow that number, but it's a huge number. It's the biggest number we've ever gotten. And it, it's totally an outlier from everything else we've written. And that's just because Diseased was that one good song in a field of, you know, not as good songs. I mean, however you feel about our songs, I don't think our songs are bad, but Diseased is definitely the best of them, uh, logistically speaking, right? And Diseased was a shitty idea that I pushed away for a year. It was a shitty song. I just wrote it as I felt it, and I kept it just in case, you know, just in case, you never know. 
So keep those shitty songs because those shitty songs could one day be your most popular song on Spotify. <laughs> That's what Diseased was. Went from, it started from the bottom, now it's here. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think perfectionists never last in music. Or if they do, they end up killing themselves. You know, or, or maybe not perfectionists, but like, well, perfectionists as well, but also people who use, who try to seek something from music. You know what I mean? Like, perfectionists will always stress themselves out through music because they're, they'll always want better. They'll always want a better song, a more perfect run, a more perfect recording. And, you know, it, it, it's more stress than it ever is pleasure. And while somebody who kind of uses music to seek something, to find happiness, maybe, keeps thinking, oh, well, I, I, I'll write a better song and then I'll feel happy. Okay, well, I'll, I'll get a hundred more followers and I'll, I'll be happy. Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, I, I won't be happy until we play like a tour with a big band. Yeah, we did open for that big band, but I think I'd be a lot happier if we played a stadium. Yeah, I think I'd be a lot happier if, like, we played side by side with Metallica. You know, and 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 those goals are unrealistic, right? You you can't use music as a crutch because you're not you're not going to be satisfied. It's kind of the 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 dark side of music, if you will. It's very addicting it's very uh it has the ability to take people hostage because it's something that even though like you know all the notes are like we know all of them they're they're finite right we know all the notes we know all the chords we know all the chord progressions we even know all the words right all the words we use it's the same words there are no new words besides slang or something, you know, maybe that's different, but you know what I mean? Like you're nothing about music is new, but it, it still has endless possibilities because there's always something you can do with it. There's always something, some combination that you can create that stands out amongst other combinations. Shit. Sorry. I hit the desk twice. I hope that wasn't loud. You know, I mean, peanut butter is amazing. Chocolate is so good. But, I mean, does peanut butter and chocolate together kind of just stand out? Or, or even better yet, I mean, peanut butter and jelly. Like, individually, yeah, they're good. But together, they're amazing. And PB&Js are just like something we know. A PB&J is like Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. We all know, we all love it. It's just how it is. And so you can be the person to find the right combination that that really touches people in that time, you know? And so with that, in your own individual life, there's an endless amount of possibilities because you'll never do everything that music has to offer. You never will endless possibilities individually for you, for you as a musician. And some people get stuck in that, you know, they, they really try to find the end and they never will. It's crazy. Music is, music is crazy in general. Like even, even writing this rap song right now, it's kind of sucky because I mean, I'm just like, at this point, I hate when, I, when I'm when i on a flow, you know what I mean? Like I said earlier, like I really felt, I was like feeling it. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna write some shit down. And then when I just wrote a couple of lines, then a few minutes went by and I was like, oh, okay, I can do this with these lines. So I came out with the whole verse and pretty soon, sooner or later, it came up to two verses that I have written down for the song and, uh, it's like half of what I need because I, I, I realized that the song was a lot slower than I thought it was. 
And so I was only feeling up half a verse when I thought I had a full verse. Um, so I only have half of what I need and I got stuck, right? I'm kind of stuck right now. I've been looking at it for a few hours now. So that means, you know, I probably gotta wait a little bit longer, but it's just, I'm super frustrated <laughs> because I got halfway and then my brain was just like, yeah, that's all I got. And it's, it's a hard pill to swallow, but I just gotta swallow it, leave it here for at least a day and then go back to it and be like, okay, what can I do now? And just go for it, you know? But I was feeling it, man. The inspiration got me freaking two half verses <laughs> and I just need that other inspiration to give me the other two half verses and I know that's weird you're probably thinking well why isn't it just one verse if it's half two half verses and I'll tell you why the reason it's two half verses is because there's clearly a start and a beginning to these little verses and I can't do two starting points in one verse or at least I don't want to so it would make no sense for me to combine the two half verses I have to make one full verse because they just don't coincide with each other. They're, they're, they're almost two different ideas. So like this first one I got. And we hear your frightened echoes through time. The lies, they try to bury you. Oh shit, that's not how it goes. And we and we can hear your frightened echoes through time. The lies they try to the lies they try to bury you deep down inside, like the stars and the ground, like the ghost of a child might invoke a riot against the ones most defiled. This history they epitomize moral inconsistencies. Why can't you see? All blinded by the ones who control or what we see. So that one was, I realized it's not a full verse, right? And obviously it's not like amazing right now. You probably were like, eh, that's not that good. It's because it's a rough draft. I know what I'm writing isn't going to be amazing. I'm just hoping that, you know, what I, what I can get down can be revised to be way better later. And then, so I was clearly thinking that in the second verse, I wanted to do a fast verse, like, like, uh, like how I do sometimes. So. Uh, the second verse was going to start a day to be saved and hate the gay put a kid in a grave by the end of the day because it wouldn't behave in a way great savior just couldn't take what the fuck is oh no okay a day to be saved and hate the gay okay a day to be saved and hate the gay put a kid in the grave by the end of the day because it wouldn't behave in a way that the great savior just couldn't take what the fuck is that can't deny the fact his chosen people stabbed innocence right in the back you know, it's not perfect, like I said, but that's obviously a starting point. So it has to be the second verse because I'm not going to, unless I do the first half verse and then I end it with the fast verse, but then I feel like that would be better in the second verse because I kind of want it to build up, you know, because I don't want the first verse to be, have a build up to the chorus and then have the second verse not have a build up or no way to do a better build up. And so it would kind of fall through, you know, it's got all this hype and then the second verse doesn't deliver. So it has to be the second verse so that the first verse can set up the second verse so that I can do the, the fast buildup in the second verse to that last epic chorus and, you know, the bridge and shit. So I can do, and we can hear your frightened echoes through time. The lies they tried to bury you deep down inside like stars in the ground, like the ghosts of a child might invoke a riot again. You know, you know what I mean? It's It's got a beat. And then so I can interrupt that beat later on in the second verse, do a build up into that last chorus with a, a day to be saved and hate the gay, put a kid in the grave at the end of the day because they wouldn't behave in a way that the great savior just couldn't take. What the fuck is that? Can't deny the facts. His chosen people stabbed innocence right in the back. You know, and have that be like a shout chorus for just the rap verse that goes into the shout chorus for the overall song. It's almost like, it's constantly a hype game, right? My first verse is going to hype the chorus, but it's also going to hype the second verse because the second verse is going to break your that pattern that you think is going to happen. You think it's going to be like the first verse, but then, oh, surprise, it's not. So it's different. It's intriguing. It builds up and hypes the bridge. And the bridge is just a massive hype for the last chorus, that epic shout chorus, right? Everything in a song is hype. It's, it's all hype for the ending because 
you want to keep people interested until the ending. And then once you hit that ending, you want it to resonate with people, right? It's like a perfect example is um, uh, Killing in the Name of by Rage Against the Machine. You know, it's very repetitive. It's a very repetitive song and he repeats everything. There's a pattern, but the, the music is constantly breaking away from the, the, the vocal pattern. Even though the vocal is very repetitive, the music is very, uh, it stands out, you know, so it keeps you interested. And so you're really feeling it, you're feeling this anger, and then, uh, and now you do what they told you. And now you do what they told you. Those who died are justified for wearing the badge they had chosen white. So you see how, like, it's a hype game, right? Because it's repetitive, it's repetitive, but you're still interested. So then it hypes up and builds up to that chorus. Those who died are justified. So then the second verse, you know, he does the same thing, but he doesn't build up yet. And then, oh no, there's a guitar solo actually. So it, it's built up to a guitar solo and then it goes into the, the ending, right? The, the part that you're waiting for, that the whole song has been preparing you for. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. You know what I mean? Everybody who listens to that song goes, Oh yeah, damn. Fuck you. You know, you just want to sing along because that entire song has been hyping you up for that ending and that ending hit because they did a good job at making you invested for that ending. You wanted that ending, you know what I mean? That's why people loved it so much. And and Rage knew exactly what they were doing with that, you know? They, they, they wanted you to stay invested and then they were gonna blow your freaking minds with their ending, right? And overall, you know, make the message clear. And that's, that's a whole, you know, respect for them on a whole nother level. But songwriting wise, that's what they're doing. And and uh, and and pretty much any song you listen to, you know, it's kind of like uh, the hero's journey that they talk about in um, when they talk about like creative writing and writing a story. You know, it always starts with the hero who lives at home, and everything's kind of the same until one day something happens that forces the hero to uh, do something—a quest, uh, uh, a threat that they have to conquer. You know, something. And then the hero goes on a long journey, uh, revealing a character flaw that must be solved later uh, to to save them for when they lose something. Right? There's always that part in the movie where like they lose something or someone dies, and it it really fires them up, and they put away their character flaws and they become a better person so that they can conquer the threat that's been the, the you know the reason of the whole movie. The villain and you know you, w once you've learned that that formula you realize that it, almost every single movie uses that formula in, in one way or another and songwriting's kind of the same in the sense that everybody uses the same formula but not everybody it's not exactly similar to the the story i guess because, I mean, you are trying to tell a story, but your music is more of an emotional story rather than a literal story. You know, like like a, a book or a movie are very telling you what is happening. Even though, you, you know, books give you room to imagine how it's happening, you're still being told what is happening. And a song is more so telling you exactly how you should feel. It's using a story to invoke emotion and using music to invoke emotions. So when you kind of have that formula of, okay, well, instead of the hero, it's more like a base emotion. So you're going to start with a base emotion. You're just thinking, oh, this is going to be a sad song. Let's go with sad. Um, so this is going to be a sad song. So sadness. What does sadness have to do in this song? Because, like, we all know sadness. Who doesn't know sadness? It's boring. Like, by itself, it's boring. It's just an idea. Like, what, do you, what about sadness? What are you trying to tell about sadness? So then that's when you go into, you know, 
what changes for the hero? What changes for sadness? How is it different this time? How does the sadness apply in this situation? So then you you go on a journey, an emotional journey, and you say, okay, well, you know, sadness has done this to me. This is my story. Or maybe you're telling someone else's story. This is someone else's story. This is how it made them feel. This is how it should make you feel. So you want to keep them invested into the story of sadness. So you're kind of writing them along. And then of course, um, you know, there needs to be, so the character flaw, I would say in songwriting would be that pattern, right? So what's the pattern? What is the thing that is keeping it from being great for the time being? So maybe it's just, well, okay, the verses are kind of quiet and the chorus is a little bit loud, but then the last chorus is gonna be, you know, epic, right? So you kind of want to establish, okay, so this is gonna be soft and quiet. And a chorus is gonna bump up, right? So that's gonna be the like the first challenge or whatever, you know, like the the, the trial. And so you want people to to be invested and be like, yeah, I rooted on because this chorus needs to feel good. But it also needs to not deliver just yet. So you need to leave them hanging. You need to leave your audience wanting something more. So it's like, yeah, okay, that was a great chorus, but what's next? Like, I need to know what happens now. So then you go back into that pattern. And then once they get the pattern again, then it's like, okay, well, yeah, we know this. Uh, I like this, so I'll, I'll sing along to this pattern again. And then bam, you break the pattern uh, with, a, with a bridge or a breakdown or or something, you know, something always breaks the pattern that leaves you going, okay, okay, what's happening now? This is like a whole different feeling, you know, especially breakdowns. Breakdowns can completely change the tone of the song, but it fits, you know, it's still like in the story. So then that that's when you get them confused and they're like, okay, well shit, where's this going now? And then from there, that's when you need to give them what they want the shout chorus, make it epic, make it feel good, make it exactly what that person wants, right? If it's a sad song, like we said we were working with, that shout chorus needs to be fucking so heart-wrenching and so emotional that it makes someone cry, right? That last chorus needs to make a tear come out of my fucking eye. It needs to make me kind of go need to take a hot shower or go cuddle my pillow or something. That's because that's what we want to feel. That's why we listen to that sad song because we want to feel sad. So you really got to deliver. Ba basically, <laughs> in, in terms of nerd Marvel MCU talk, Infinity War is your bridge or your breakdown. It's the like the best part of the song, right? Like it's cool, it's different, it changes the pattern, right? It completely breaks off and it leaves people talking. But then your last chorus, your shout chorus is Endgame, right? Because even though Infinity War was a better movie than Endgame, Endgame was everything people wanted. Everything, you know, it was a full uh, finishing character arcs. It was uh, the, you know, the final battle scene. Like, you know the feeling that Marvel nerds get when freaking Cap says, Avengers, catches Mjolnir, and then says assemble, and then fucking the entire MCU army just heads at Thanos? That is the feeling you're trying to get with your last chorus. So if it's sad, you want somebody to fucking go, ah, you know what I mean? If it's happy, it needs to be like you're fucking in nirvana. It needs to be the happiest, blissful you've ever been. If it's angry, it needs to be uh, burning. It needs to be an enraging fire that is just unleashed, a, a powerful force, right? It's it's anger at its at its just strongest. If it's um, if it's more inspirational, then then that last chorus needs to be, come on, you can do this. You got this. You need to, to make somebody feel like, you know what? I feel good. Yeah, this this is good. I feel like I could I could fight a shark right now. I I could I could ride a moose 
and go straight through Mount Rushmore and just completely dominate Canada. It would I would be the president of Canada. That's how confident I'm feeling. That's how confident the song is making me feel. And that's exactly what you want. And I think that's all I can say about songwriting. <laughs> go write songs. Go do it. I've